If you've invested in your business, chances are you've funded future growth potential through leverage and after filling out loan applications and undergoing credit checks. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Australian Business Podcast. I'm Daniel Golubev. I'm Jordan Kittis. I'm Owen Rask. We're here to help you make more profit, find work-life balance, save time, capital, and grow your business. Every week, we drop the best tax tips, marketing hacks, growth strategies, and methods to help you grow. If you haven't already, take the free Rask Business Course. Book a chat with me or Daniel at Grayspace. Or get in contact with us about business coaching. We also love hearing from you. So send us your questions and feedback using the resources found in the podcast player for each episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Australian Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel. Daniel. Hey, Jordan. How are you? Good. How are you going? Good, good. How are you feeling? We've got Kate and Monique in the room staring at us while recording this on video. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Usually, it's us. The, the standards aren't that high. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Today, we're talking about five questions to ask your accountant. So, it should be a good episode because these are questions that we get often from some of our clients and especially new clients when they come on um, and they haven't had that relationship with their accountant before where they have that free communication line. Well, I actually think these are probably questions I would like to hear a little bit more often as well because we almost get interviewed by, you know, potential clients and some of the questions just seem a little bit irrelevant. So I think things like this will actually help you determine whether the account's worth, you know, signing with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The first question uh, that you should be asking your accountant is what tax planning strategies do you recommend for optimizing my business's financial position? So Daniel, in layman's terms. Well, I think a lot of clients come to us sort of not really understanding their tax position at all, yeah. let alone sort of what to estimate for, for their basses on a quarterly basis, how tax works, when it's calculated, how it's calculated, at what point do you know direct the wages get involved, different tax rates, utilizing lower tax brackets, there's a very little understanding of it. So I think asking the question, being able to have someone show you the best scenario for you is crucial. But again, I think it's asking the right question to get the right answer. For sure, especially with a question like this, what you see with clients when they've been with an accountant and they've come to us, someone who this is, um, I've seen recently with a new client, is that because this question well, firstly, their accountant has been proactive and it's just been on the client to get their BASs done or their tax returns, whatever it may be, to do the tax planning. This client has come along and there's this massive tax debt because there hasn't been any tax planning. BASs haven't been lodged for three quarters and that piles up. 
So if you're not asking this question and taking a proactive approach to your tax planning, it can be a, a train wreck down well, the track. Well, you see clients get really, really stuck with their tax repayments. You know, the majority of the money that they're receiving future profits are always going to previous tax debts. And it's quite hard to get ahead when you've constantly got like a black cloud of old debt that you have to pay off. And again, like you said, it usually comes from an accumulation of late lodgements. That's probably the most common reason most people fall behind. And the example I like to use to clients, because obviously it's not nice telling someone that they owe, call it $100,000 to the ATO all of a sudden. The, the example I use is imagine not paying your insurance for three to five years. And then all of a sudden you've got three years or call it five years of insurance coming at once to cover that period. You don't have a choice, you still have to pay it. Plus an interest rate. Exactly. Plus the interest component. And then you've got to pay it all of a sudden within a short period of time. Of course, it's going to be hard. And continue to pay, in, in your example, these new insurance policies as they come up. They still accrue. So if you have $100,000 of tax debt from four buses and you're on a 12-month payment plan, you need to pay that monthly repayment and pay your bus on outright time. on top and on time. So On time. It can really, really squeeze your cash flow. Yeah. So I guess that rolls into question two where – the second most, well, the second question you should be asking your accountant is how can I improve my cash flow management and what key financial indicators should I monitor regularly? I think this is a really good question. And I think this will, because this is a tough question. Yeah. Like if you, if we get this question without having access to, you know, let's say a, a client zero file, even if it's not ours and we haven't sort of been able to monitor it, unless we've got access to it, it's going to be hard to, to answer. Number one tip I'll always say for cash flow management is have multiple bank accounts. Don't rely on one. Two's, in my opinion, two's a sweet spot because you've got your tax sorted in one account and your actual activity in one account. And again, uh, this is the probably the first thing I stress to new business owners, pay as you go withholding tax makes up majority of your bass a lot of the time. Put that aside, feel the gross amount of wages on the pay runs. Don't wait every quarter to pay the tax on wages for your employees. It adds up. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me anyway, a common question that I get from clients is, can I afford to buy some type of equipment, whether it's a ute, whether it's a expensive camera, whatever it may be. That's really hard to give a yes or no. Like you said, you need to have some type of data to go off. Um, and knowing that data is super important. So it's not as simple as giving it, oh yeah, you can afford the ute, you know, you're gonna buy it outright. Are we gonna finance it? What does that look like? What's the interest component? Is that viable? So it's really important that you have that conversation with your accountant so you can get on top of that from the start. Yeah, and I think it stresses the importance, I know we say it all the time, is having a cloud-based accounting software because your accountant can then jump in in a live file See where you're at today, not where you were three months ago when you last lodged a bass. Because what happens in June is going to be different to what happens in September. So having a live file really gives an accountant a, a better understanding of where you're at. So again, I think it all plays down to having the right records processes, having things up to date to be able to get proper advice and cash flow. Because cash flow is current. Tax is always retrospective. For sure. And in terms of key financial indicators, you want to be looking at things like your gross profit margin, your net profit margin, um, and having those conversations with your accountant. Because if you are on a cloud accounting software, 
and it's up to date and it's been reconciled, that's an easy figure to find. Mm. You want to be having that conversation with your accountant so that way you can, once you've got your cash flow management established and you know what your profit margins are, you know how much money you've got left to play with to improve that. You know, if you need to improve efficiencies or invest more money in marketing, you need to have both of those things dialed in to be able to make that decision. So that's why it's super important to be able to have that free flowing conversation with your accountant about um, cash flow management and key financial indicators. And if you're not sure where to find them, you can ask accountants. We'll show you. It's a very easy report to sort of print out on zero. And it'll take you it'll take us two minutes to show you where to get those figures as well. It's it's not a hard task to find. For sure. And if you do want to see your financial statements, whether it's a profit and loss or a balance sheet or whatever it may be, the easiest way to do it is ask your accountant for a loom video. I don't know if everyone does it, but loom video, you're essentially recording the screen and you're talking to the screen. Let's say I'm doing it for a client. I'd be talking to to the screen and, and just guiding them through um, how to find the report because my screen's also being recorded at the same time. So super easy to, to find out how to get these reports and how to look at them and interpret them. So mm. um, again, have that conversation with your accountant. This is a bit different to getting your tax and your BAS stuff done. Um, I just want to reiterate that as well, where as, as accountants, there's generally two types of services. It's your your BASs, sorry, your tax, where you're doing your BAS, your financial statements, company tax returns, trust tax returns, all of the compliance side of things. And then there's that business advisory piece. What we're talking about now is a business advisory piece um, and it's completely different and charged separately. So I just want to reiterate that so people don't all go to their accountants and say, oh, I want X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And they're not engaged to do that. So just a bit of pretense before you go and you have that conversation. It's a different service line. Yeah, understand your engagement because a lot of the accountants, you can get stuck with paying bills you weren't aware that were accruing, um, especially the traditional method of bill based on time. You put in time, you don't sort of tell anyone sort of that you're doing it and then a client might receive a bill. You might receive a bill from your accountant after, you might not, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, but you can expect it because this is what we call out of scope. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Our third question is what changes in the current tax laws or regulations could impact my business and how can we stay ahead of them? So the main takeaway that I have here is that there's always – tax legislation and tax laws that are changing and tax offsets coming in and coming out. Um, the most recent one being the small business tech boost. Mm-hmm. So you get an extra 20% deduction on, on there's, there's four key points. We still got to do that episode on that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's an extra 20, 20% deduction on uh, marketing activities that are online in summary. Um, and it's, Things like that and knowing those little nuances in the industry that are super important um, and making sure your accountant is aware of those. Because if you don't ask that conversation, it's going to be buried in a tax return if it is there and you're not going to see it. You're not going to know if it's been done or not. I'm going to go on a little vent on that because it actually really ticked me off the ATO. They had been proposing that bill for, what, two years? Yep, something like that. They passed it after the cutoff period for the expenditure or part of the plan so like we couldn't even help clients like hey if you wanted to do this this is something you were going to do in the next six months you should probably do it pre-30 june to get the additional deduction and that really ticked me <laughs> off because I, like you're seeing the expenditure coming through call it now and they're four months late yeah that's the thing i think it's probably done on purpose to stop that because i capped it at 100 grand in expenses i wasn't happy and then 
it was done after the fact and it's only for the 23 financial year. That's right. They cut it off 30 June, 2023, yeah. but it was passed after that date. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was not happy when yeah. I saw it. I was like, oh. And an, another, another one as well is the end of the instant asset write-off. Mm. So we knew that was coming. I, th I think we were always expecting and, you know, it was originally called the instant asset write-off, but then they changed the name to the temporary full expensing and the keyword they're temporary. Mm. So we knew it was ending, but you know, that's finished now. So if you're expecting to go and buy an asset worth, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, you can't depreciate it at once. Yep. It's it's back down to that twenty thousand dollar limit for small businesses. Yeah. And even like asking your accountant these types of questions that you don't need to know the temporary full ex full expensing or the tech boost. It's just asking, are there any offsets or are there any um is there any pieces of legislation that I should know about before the end of the financial year? Um, super important when you're tax planning as well, that you're staying on top of that. And you want to be asking your accountants these types of questions around April, May, early June. So you've got time to make a move. Yeah, we, we generally do what tax planning from about March through to May, yeah. usually that time that time period. Um, that gives a lot of businesses time to actually take action on the tax planning because there's no point doing it two weeks out from June. There's yeah. probably not much time to... That's right. And that's why it's important that you ask this question because it helps you plan and you stay ahead. Because if you if, if the conversation is, oh, you know, we've got a big profit this year, you're expanding, maybe it's time we buy another ute. If that's the case, that could be a two-month, well, some of the wait times on these cars are huge. It could be a two-month process. Yeah. So that's why you need to have that conversation early mm -hmm. um, and just initiate it. If you're not hearing from your accountant, if you don't pay for tax planning, initiate that conversation. When do you think it's a good time for a small business to initiate that tax planning conversation? Like, do you think there's a a moment in time where a business should go, hey, I, I need to potentially look into it? Yeah, I think if, if you're doing it full time, once you've moved past that side hustle stage and full steam ahead, it's the only thing that you do, you're investing 80 hours a week or whatever it may be, that's when you need to start tax planning. Yeah, Even if at the start, if, if the return on investment, investment being your your fees that you're gonna pay mm -hmm. for it, isn't huge. It'll get you in that habit of tax planning and and you'll start to understand why things are being done. Once you do it for two or three years, you get why you're doing it. You yeah. have conversations now with clients and people know yeah. depreciation, super, like every, everyone knows now because they've been doing it for a few years. And I think yeah. if you can get in that mindset and start having that conversation earlier, then you're just gonna reap the rewards further yeah. down the track. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you haven't, reached out to your accountant sort of before and you, you feel like you're starting to accumulate a bit of money, that there's some profits coming through and you've never tax planned before, do it now. The benefit of tax planning far outweighs the cost of doing it. You'll always make your money back in terms of the tax savings on the cost. For sure, for sure. Speaking of tax savings, <laughs> the fourth question is a super interesting one. Um, how can I optimize my business structure for tax efficiency and overall financial performance. Now, the reason I laughed and had a chuckle is because what we see here is when people are setting up new business structures, cheapest, they want to do it the cheapest way possible. I get it. I get it. But it can be very detrimental down the track. The example that I'll give you is a client who has a, let's say they set a company up, individual shareholder. So company and the individuals hold the shares. It's the cheapest way. It's the cheaper way to do it. Fast forward five years, and they're making a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars in profit. It's not as simple as then inject uh, implementing a trust. Mm -hmm. um, well, you can't because at that point in time, the, the capital gains tax 
on it, doing that transfer outweighs the benefit of doing it. So then you're better off just paying the tax. Like, exactly. So in terms of like how, when asking that question to your accountant, how can I optimize my business structure for tax efficiency? You want to make sure you're getting it right from the start. If you're doing it full time, you want to make sure you get it right from the start. And even if it is investing in a trust to set that up, you can utilize that down the track. You can utilize it if you, as an investment vehicle. There's a magnitude of different ways that it can be used. And even if this business doesn't work for whatever reason, the trust can be used down the track and so can the company. Yeah, I think the number one, you know, especially when we do like a bit of a restructure for business, the number one sort of takeaway is I wish I did this from the start because it usually ends up being a far more expensive exercise after the fact yeah, rather than doing it from the beginning. And it's one of those things where you're better off having it and not needing it than needing it, not having it. Yeah. And in terms of expense, look, there's the capital gains that you touched on. If you need to get an independent valuation done because you don't fall under any of the roller, small business rollovers, it's- it You can need get, structure it, advice at that point in time as well. Yeah. It's not as simple as, oh, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. No, it's a, it's a check through your business, a check through the valuation, through enterprise values. It's a far more detailed and expensive process to be able to restructure an existing business versus setting up correctly from the beginning. That is not a cost that I would be cutting. I'd be I'd be selling my car and getting a cheaper car, yeah. using those funds for a better structure because the benefit over 10, 20, 30, 40 years, however long you're planning to run this business, far outweigh the short-term cost. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's a conversation, like if you, if you set your business structure up and you're not sure if it's done correctly, ask your accountant or go to another accountant and they'll do a structure review for you. And then usually it's, for free at the start, they'll identify if there's an issue, um, and then you know if you need advice, then you know advice isn't free. So, unfortunately, like Daniel said, it will cost you money if you haven't optimized it from the start. And in terms of overall financial performance, um, I guess some of the bullet points for setting up properly, uh, you can have cap tax rates. Um, I think the most important thing before sort of without going into detail is understand the why. Understand why someone is recommending a certain structure for you, what the benefits are, what the cons are, um, different scenarios that can occur within sort of the business. You plan for worst case scenario, but you plan for best case scenario as well and make sure that you're covered for more or less everything in the in between as well. And not just from tax, but from asset protection. That's quite important. You know, if you've got assets in your personal name from shares to property to large super balances, whatever it may be, you want to protect your assets and structuring can help you do that. For sure, for sure. Um, and look, if if you don't want to do a restructure, there are still ways you can increase your tax tax efficiency through a self-managed super fund. That's, that's always an option, mm -hmm. um, but we won't dive too deep into that. So I think in short, it's just get it right from the start. If not, bring that conversation up because you don't want to keep pushing it, kicking the bucket down the road because if you act earlier, it can be cheaper from a capital gains perspective, if there's no rollovers. But the, again, there's a few steps to the process. Well, this is why, you know, a custom piece of advice becomes so important because there's so many different variables here. Yeah, it's not just, oh yeah, this is what you do, done. Each scenario is different. There's so many rollovers you need to go through. Um, and sometimes you don't qualify for them. So there's a bit of there's a bit of work to do here. If you don't think your business structure has been done correctly from the start, bring it up. Yeah, Bring it up, ask for a review. Go to someone else, get a second opinion. It's, wor it's worth it for sure. I agree. 
The fifth and final question is what technology or software solutions do you recommend for streamlining our accounting process and improve efficiency? So before we start, Zero, you're still not sponsoring us and we're still gonna give you a free plug as we do almost every episode. <laughs> so the number one technology that we would recommend for, I guess, sorry, software that we would recommend for our clients. Cloud-based software. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Zero because they are preferred use about like a cloud-based software that, that needs to be like your foundation. Yeah. Right. Because there's a lot of plugins now and a lot of other tools that are really, really useful that are industry specific that plug into these softwares, whether it's, you know, invoicing um, and workflow, like for example, service make for trade is fantastic. It does your workflow, your costing, your invoicing, your quotes, and it actually filters straight into your zero. And then we reconcile things in your zero, your accountant reconciles things in their, in their zero. And there's lots of different, plugins now that the, this is your base you got to understand that it is your base it is your foundation it's where everything is monitored reconciled it's where your financials are kept it's where your accountant looks and i think having that sorted is probably the, the number one thing you should be doing because a lot of the time it's pretty cheap to do from the beginning it doesn't cost much yeah i couldn't agree more i think as at a bare minimum zero gives you the ability to do all of those things you said mm -hmm. and gives you that base so you can have bolt on um software pieces of software yeah um but we'll do a deep dive into software and tech in our next episode so um any final thoughts no the i wish i had more questions like this coming through because i think that it'd be a far more efficient and a far more sort of um useful conversation with clients because even if that even if you don't come on you, you probably learn a few things during that conversation, nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. And look, I people, a lot of the time when new clients come to us, it's, oh, you know, my account is not proactive. That, that's the main thing, right? They, they want to have that conversation. And I agree, they should be. Um, but it doesn't hurt to, under, not under, to understand, but have a, even if it's a, a basic understanding of how everything works. And that's something we like to do with our clients. It's teaching them how these things work, how your BAS works, how the tax planning works. So I think it's important to have that understanding as well. Yeah, do you, and this might be a slight event. Do you think that's a bit of a cop-out sometimes from business owners? Yeah. From not wanting to do the work, understand or, or put the effort in and it's easier to blame yeah, I think someone so. else? I think so for sure because at the end of the day, it's your business. Mm. You need to understand what's going on and how these things work. Like even like the, use the example of um, marketing where – we engaged someone to do that website we're speaking about mm. before. Like we had no idea, but we've now gone back. We've learned, like we understand how SEO works. We understand content and how that works and, and WordPress for websites and, and we know whatnot. the outcome that we're looking for. Exactly. Now. And because we know the outcome now, you can't get blindsided. You need to take some onus. It's your business at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, for sure. Because that's a whether it's accounting, whether it's marketing. Yeah, and I'm not yeah, not just from an accounting point of yeah. view, from any point of view, because sometimes you have to go, Oh, what do you mean by that? Like how, what do you mean they're not proactive? Or oh, they don't call me. About what? Yeah. Okay, well and what type what's what's your fee structure? Are you paying, you know, the minimum bare minimum fees because you were complaining at the beginning? Of course the account's not gonna want to help you. You're not valuing their advice, you're not valuing them as a professional in their help. So they can't be proactive. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's the same for any profession. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, this is a good example for us because we're accountants. <laughs> but, um, 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 
But yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think it's really important that everyone has a, whenever you engage someone, have an understanding of what they do. It doesn't have to be the ins and outs, but like a basic understanding of how it works. So that way you can avoid any pitfalls, yeah. avoid any disastrous website designs that go wrong. You have to pay twice, which was very painful anyway. It's so a I sensitive guess, topic. <laughs> <laughs> We're still not over that yet. It's been almost a, over a year. It's been over a year. It's anyway. Been, I think things been almost two years. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. Um, just to recap. Uh, so the first question that we had, the first question to ask your accountant is what tax planning strategies do you recommend for optimizing my business's financial position? The second, how can I improve my cash flow management and what key financial indicators should I monitor regularly? Third question was what changes in the current tax laws or regulations could impact my business and how can we stay ahead of them? Fourth, how can I optimize my business structure for tax efficiency and overall performance? And fifth, What's the best technology I should use to streamline my accounting software? Daniel, always a pleasure. Thank you, Jordan. If anyone's got any questions, please uh, put them in the podcast player, whichever one you listen to. There's a Q and A box there. Um, fill that out, and then we'll we'll answer them on our Friday sessions. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC Education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.